This podcast is sponsored by the Wilson Center, but it doesn't have to be. It could be sponsored by your firm. Just imagine it. A crescendo of electronic tango. Some love for your company and the enduring gratitude of our listeners. Interested? Reach out to us at lap at wilsoncenter.org. That's L-A-P at wilsoncenter.org. Welcome back to the Argentina Project Podcast, brought to you by the Wilson Center. I'm your host, Benjamin Gadan. And I'm your producer, Katie Hopkins. Today on the podcast, I sit down with James Bosworth. Boz to his fans. Longtime Latin America blogger, political risk analyst. He's the author of the Latin America Risk Report. Please subscribe. Katie, I already do. Benjamin and Boz describe why President Mauricio Macri's hope for a second term might not be as far-fetched as it appears. On to the interview. The consensus since the PASO, the primaries in Argentina, has been overwhelming, both in Argentina and outside, among pollsters, analysts, Argentines, including, frankly, members of Mauricio Macri's own government, that there's no hope for re-election. And that, in fact, the, what, 47 percent um, that Alberto Fernandez attracted in the primaries is enough to guarantee a first round victory in late October for the Peronist opposition in Argentina. Boz, you are an outlier. Um, and you have at least expressed ambiguity about what's going to happen in the election. Um, where does your optimism come from in terms of the possibility of re-election for Mauricio Macri? Well, let me start by say, saying Fernandez is most likely to win. And he is because of the votes he received in the Paso, as well as the polling that we currently see. At the same time, there are two things that Macri has that I think analysts are failing to consider at the moment. He is the incumbent president. And only two incumbent presidents in the last 30 years have lost their attempts at re-election in Latin America. For an incumbent president to lose, understandably that Macri does not, uh, is not polling well, but for an incumbent president to lose is not just rare, it's almost unprecedented. Nothing in the last 10 years. And going into the election, re-election of Juan Manuel Santos and Dilma Rousseff in, in Brazil, you saw people predicting they were going to lose and they won. Uh, not easily, but they, they both won. At the moment, that advantage of incumbency that Macri has should not be understated. Secondly, everybody prior to the PASO was sure of what the results would be. In fact, back, if you go back to the 2015 election in Argentina, everybody was certain that Scioli was going to win the presidency. Daniel Scioli, the former governor of Buenos Aires province. Exactly, who tried to follow, follow Christina Kircher. And people who express certainty that, that something's going to happen based on their current reading of the polls, they're making the same mistake again, right? It, it's not that I think Macri is going to win. It's that I think the polls are wrong, right? I, I think that the pollsters looked at their miss on the PASO and decided that they didn't want that to happen again. And so they've readjusted all of their polling models to reflect the PASO. And if the polls have changed or will change in the next two to three months, or two to three weeks rather, we're not going to see it because the pollsters aren't going to move their polls. They're too afraid of the miss that they had before to accurately represent the data that's coming in right now. That means, first off, Fernandez could win 60 or 65%. I mean, the, the miss could go either way, right? They could, he could win with 65%. He could also drop to 40%. And we wouldn't know it because the pollsters are too afraid to move from their current prediction having missed during the, during the primary round. Okay, but let's set aside polling for a minute and let's just look at fundamentals. I mean, you've got 
deep recession in Argentina. It looks like three of the four years of Mauricio Macri's first term, Argentina will have had negative growth. Things have gotten worse since the PASO in terms of economic fundamentals with another run on the peso. Some populist policies implemented, but but none of them significant enough to have a real impact on the voting public. And in fact, the some of the polling that I've seen shows um, voters blaming Mauricio Macri for some of the recent economic trauma, um, which I think most economists would say actually reflects concerns about the parentists coming back into power. So setting aside polling, it would seem like structurally everything is going against Mauricio Macri, except some of the empirical data about incumbents in general performing well in Latin America. Structurally, everything is going against Mauricio Macri. I'm going to agree with that. I am going to disagree with the idea that Argentines are blaming only Macri for the current economic crisis. Once again, the polling shows that Argentines are blaming Mauricio Macri. It's not clear when you when you talk to Argentines who are living in Buenos Aires and just outside of the capital that Macri is the only one to blame. They they understand that this is a more complex situation. It's not that they blame Fernandez solely either. In some ways, they blame the international community and the IMF. And you see a lot of blame of the IMF at the moment. Fernandez is really hoping to take that blame of the IMF and translate it into his own votes. But let's face it, Fernandez won the primary and Argentina's economy crashed. And voters see that and it's a preview of what they're likely to face in the first six months of a Fernandez term in office. And that fear of a Fernandez term in office, even if it's only the first six months, I don't think that a Fernandez term in office will be an economic crisis from start to finish. But even that fear that some voters have of, of returning back to economic crisis times uh, may push them away from Fernandez and either towards Macri or towards a third party. And at that point, all Fernandez has to lose is two to three points from the primary round in order to not win in the first round. And so that possibility that he drops from 48% down to 44 or 43 or 42%, uh, you're only talking about a shift in 3 to 4% of the votes, something that the polls are definitely not going to catch at the moment. But once again, I do want to stress the alternative is possible too. Fernandez could boom, right? And the, po- the polls will miss a Fernandez boom as much as they will a Fernandez bust. They're simply not tracking the changes in Argentine public opinion at the moment. Okay, Boz, I'll play. There's other factors that could make this an even closer election than we're giving it credit for. There's the idea out there that some of the vote for Alberto Fernandez was a protest vote by, you know, a middle class base that normally votes anti-Peronist but wanted to register what they thought would be a pretty cost-free protest vote in the primary and then return to mockery in the general election. For those like you, and again, there's not many who are optimistic that the voting patterns can change, they point to the idea of broader participation, the participation of people in the diaspora who normally vote for Macri. And again, the protest vote shifting back to Mauricio Macri. And then maybe some of the votes for other candidates um, moving to Macri as well. When again, it seemed a cost-free way to express discontent or another preference that's voting for Roberto Lavagna, the former finance minister, or even for Jose Luis Esperit on the far right. Are any of those other factors part of your decision making when you say that this is more competitive than we give it credit? I, I don't think that there's going to be voters who move from Fernandez back to Macri. I don't think there was a protest vote where Macri voters decided to vote for Fernandez and then are going to return back. The potential that there were some protest voters who decided to vote for Fernandez instead of a third party and may return back to that third party certainly exists. I would also point to the potential that Fernandez, as well as Macri, has a ceiling. And you've never seen Fernandez really be able to top uh, 55% in any sort of approval. He has a high level of disapproval, largely because of his links to Christina Kirshner. And that ceiling on public opinion means that, or that perceived ceiling, once again, we're we're basing on polling, we're not sure if it's going to be accurate, but but that perceived ceiling that Fernandez has uh, means that that his ability to pull more votes than he won in the Paso uh, may not be possible. 
You famously um, were bullish on Mauricio Macri in 2015, and that feeling was validated by an election um, that, again, was you know seen by some as even more surprising than Brexit, more surprising than, than Donald Trump's victory, given the structural disadvantages of the non-parinists in Argentina and of this third party. Coming around this time, what's your sense of, though, the, again, the lingering disadvantages that the non-Peronists have? The idea that you've talked about a ceiling for Alberto Fernandez, but a floor for Peronists, and there is no floor for the non-Peronists um, that's nearly as robust or dependable. The Peronists have a political base in Argentina that's strong. And the PASO, as much as I do think that there were protest votes that went to Fernandez, was also a very strong victory for the Peronist political machine and the Kirshner political machine that exists. And I think that the first round of, of Argentina's election coming up here is going to be a decision over whether that PASO victory was more of a protest vote or more of a sign that the Peronist machine still exists and still plans to get Cristina Kirshner back into power. I mean, certainly if you look at the province of Buenos Aires, the Peronist machine was stunning. I mean, you look at one of the most popular figures in Argentine politics, Mario Eugenio Vidal, the most popular figure in the Cambiemos coalition, and yet a devastating result in the, her re-election campaign. Absolutely. And I, and I think that moving forward, uh, looking at that, it, the entire election is going to revolve around the Buenos Aires province, right? And, and if Macri has any hope of making the second round, he needs to have his voters show up in, in the province. And if Fernandez wants to blow away Macri in the first round and also make sure he has a legislative majority moving forward, he needs to make sure that he wins in the province. The province is where the election is going to be decided more than any other, whether downtown Buenos Aires or outside of the province. Mauricio Macri is campaigning right now, reminding voters that the election has not happened yet. It sounds like at minimum you agree. It hasn't? It has not happened yet. Just to take this to U.S. politics for a second, everyone's talking about whether, you know, things are working well for the Democratic primary. We haven't had a single vote yet in the Democratic primary. We already have candidates dropping out. It's amazing how people predict elections months ahead of time uh, before the first vote is, is cast. I, I don't think the votes have been cast yet. I do think that, that in Argentina, a week or two can be a lifetime in politics. Uh, and while I don't think the Argentine economy is going to suddenly get better in the next few weeks, uh, you could see anything from scandal to voter shift related to the economy that could, that could start to benefit the incumbent president. Boz, thank you so much for joining us. You are the CEO of the Hexagon Political Risk Consulting Firm. You are the author and editor of the Latin America Risk Report. You are a first-time guest, but hopefully a returning guest as well to our podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you. And thankfully, our producer is a wonderful editor. That's me, Katie Hopkins. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe to the Argentina Project podcast on SoundCloud and sign up for our weekly newsletter at wilsoncenter.org slash weekly dash asado.